At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Craig Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're going to cover all the bases in this hour as we're going to be talking a little college basketball. We're going to be talking some NBA. We're going to be talking some tennis as in 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by Brad Thomas, who does great work at NBC Sports Bet, and Scott Reichel. It does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, conference title games, the NFC and the AFC with them. And then with Scott, we're diving into a little NBA and a little tennis. So we're going to have some fun there in this segment. We're going to be taking a look at some college basketball action that we've got for the survey. We've got 70 games in total on the card. We've been discussing a lot of the power conference games, but... There's money to be made with regards to these mid-majors as well. May not sometimes be quite as sexy as taking a look at like the top 10 teams, taking a look at some of these teams that you might have futures on to win the national title game, but you don't need a team to win the national title for them to be able to build a little bit of money for your bankroll. You just need them to be able to get the job done and cover on Thursday and I think that this team should be the favorite, whereas they are the underdog currently on the board. We go 741-742. North Carolina A&T is going to be playing us at Drexel. The Dragons of Drexel are a three-point road favorite with your total on this game, 137.5. And for one, I take a look at this total, and it's too high. So by total at 131.5. Got North Carolina A&T team as a relatively mid-tempo team. They're sort of a go-with-the-flow team, and you'll find these from time to time. Teams that... If you want to play fast, they'll play fast. If you want to play slow, they'll play slow. North Carolina A&T is one of those teams. And with Drexel, they're in the bottom 40 in terms of total possessions per game. And they've had a really tough time generating any offense. So the defense has actually been really good with Drexel. They're a top 50 team in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis. And they do go up against an A&T team that they do rank outside of the top 250 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. But if you take a look at North Carolina A&T, what they've been able to do recently, they've been significantly better on the defensive side of things after they played a really tough non-conference schedule. I feel like that really warped their numbers a little bit because they've given up 71 points or fewer now in four out of their last six games. So feels like they've been able to turn a little bit more of a corner in terms of their defense. And you've got good overall rebounding with this North Carolina A&T team. They're going to be going up against Mari Williams down low of Drexel, who's going to be the best low post presence in this game. 
He's been able to give Drexel right around 14 points, 11 boards, uh, about two blocks, a little bit over a steal per game. But it's also a Drexel team that they only shoot about 32.5% from three. Cottrell Washington has been able to give the team 11 points per contest, shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. But you've got, by committee, a really good and stout North Carolina A&T team in which each of your top five scores give you at least four rebounds per game including Demetri Corton, Duncan Powell, along with Austin Johnson. I'll give you between 5.1 and 5.8 rebounds per game. When it comes to Horton, he shoots 44.5% from three. Cam Woods, the main scorer for this North Carolina A&T team. He was over at Troy two seasons ago, went down to the junior college level. He has resurfaced and has become one of the better scorers in all of college basketball. 19 points, 3.5 assists, 1.7 steals on 39% three-point shooting. Eight and a half threes per game is what he takes, so relatively impressive there. And for Drexel, Lamar Odin Jr. has been okay for the team, but he's like the only player other than your main guy in Amari Williams that is able to give you north of four rebounds per game. It's a little bit of a top-heavy team down low. I do think that North Carolina A&T, with their rebound-by-committee style, with the way that they're able to shoot it relatively well from three-point range. North Carolina A&T overall shoots about 34.5% from the outside that Anti should be the home favorite in the spot. I'm willing to take them on the money line as an underdog. And I do think that things get slowed down. And you've got an A&T team that has been able to play some better defense recently. So looking at the under. And I'm going to be taking a look at North Carolina A&T outright on the money line. Let's take a look at a total that is starting to rise. And it's starting to get to the point of no return. So we got to give it out now before the value is sucked away. 767, 768. On the board, it is Memphis. They're going to be playing us SMU. SMU between a 12 to a 13-point underdog. A little bit of variance in terms of this line. And total, it is anywhere between 149 and 150. It's a total that opened up at 147. And certainly at 147, I thought you had good value on the over. I saw my total at 150. So at 150, that's pretty much my stop point in terms of this over. But... You still have like a 149, 149 and a half like I'm seeing at most books. I'm still willing to go in on and over with Memphis. They do a really good job of being able to speed games up. They're in the top 20 nationally in terms of total possessions per game. Typically, you get a little bit more defense out of this team, though. They're right now about 75th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis going up against an SMU team that they've had a tough time with their defense as well. You've got F.V. Obadiji along with Samuel Williamson combining for about 14 and a half rebounds per game. You've been able to have Williamson chip in there, a block and a steal per game as well. But they really rely upon Zarek Phelps along Zach Natal to be able to generate some offense. These two guys, they combine for about 31 and a half points per contest. They're guys that ever since the beginning of the month of December have shot in the low to mid 30s from three point range overall for the season, shooting closer to 30% from the outside. They have been leaving quite a bit of something to be desired on that front, and they go up against the Memphis team that has won the top point guards in all of college basketball. That'd be Cam Davis. Kendrick Davis, I should say. Kendrick Davis has been able to do a really solid job with five assists per game, 21 points per contest. Doesn't necessarily shoot a great from three-point range, but we've got a lot of nice ancillary pieces for this Memphis team. Meanwhile, with SMU, outside of your top four scores, you don't have anyone that gives you north of four points per game, whereas with Memphis, you've got someone like and Alex Lomax, that uh, he's more of like a number four, number five starter that is able to give you right around eight points per game, but chips in there, two and a half steals, three assists, does a nice job being able to stuff the stat sheet. DeAndre Williams has been very good for this Memphis team. 16 and a half points on nearly 37% three-point shooting as a six foot nine, little bit of a combo player. SMU, I just don't think he's going to be able to match up with that. It is an SMU team that has been cranking up their tempo a little bit as well. They're ranked right around 75th in the country. There's a total possessions per game. It is a Memphis team that now they do play a little bit of better defense recently, giving up fewer than 70 points in three of their last four games. But that said, I do think that Memphis is going to be able to take you to an SMU team that plays relatively fast, that is relatively inefficient on defense. 149.5 or less, willing to go over in this spot. And with Memphis, Made them a pretty sizable favorite on this card. I made them more around a 14-point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay the number. The Sunbelt, they are also on display on Thursday, and we got some interesting Sunbelt teams, and 
One that has been bet down. That makes this a nice play for me. 775, 776 on the betting board. It is Southern Miss, and they're going to be playing us Arkansas State. Arkansas State opens up as a 13-point underdog. Now this number is anywhere between 11 and 11.5. And Your total is between 132 and 132.5. And, and with Southern Miss, I made them a 13-point favorite. So I felt like the opener was very correct, but with Arkansas State, been a rough go of it for them. They are one of your slowest teams in all of college basketball. They rank in the bottom 25 in terms of possessions per game, but just because you play slow doesn't mean that your defense is solid. They actually give up three fewer or three more points per game than Southern Miss, a Southern Miss team that has more around 185th in terms of possessions per game. So that's not a good sign to start out with as Southern Miss. They're a top 75 team in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They do a solid job there. Arkansas State, 250th in the country. Now, the good news for Arkansas State is that they've got their full allotment of guards. Malcolm Farrington had scored zero points in previous three games prior to this most recent two-game run in which he has been able to put in their 25 points. So he's back at full health after. I think that he was just playing, but he was playing very far from 100% in terms of his health. But I just don't know how Southern Miss is going to be stopped with there are two big men that have good versatility. That would be Felipe Haas along with DeAndre Pickney. They combine for 24 points. Both guys shoot at least 36% from three-point range with Haas, 6'9", 6'8", also for Pinckney. So they do a great job there. Austin Crawley, who comes in from Ole Miss, he's been able to give the team right around 17 points. Chips in there, 4.5 assists per game. You've got Mo Arnold, who helps build out the ball with 3.5 assists per game. You just don't have that depth with Arkansas State. Arkansas State does have a nice little post presence in Omar El-Ashik. He's been able to give the team nine rebounds per game. Actually began his career on the Metro Atlantic Conference. Went down to the non-D1 level. He has resurfaced here at the D1 level. But as I said, I take a look at this Arkansas State team, and I don't think that they're going to be able to do a whole heck of a lot on defense. And I do think that this is a total that is very fascinating with the fact that Southern Miss is a very efficient defense Going up against an Arkansas State team that has been able to score a little bit more recently, but still leaving a lot to be desired on that end of things. I did set my total of 129 as a result. I'm going to be willing to dive under. And with Southern Miss, made them a 13-point favorite. So now that we're down to about 11, 11 11.5, I am going to be willing to lay it with Southern Miss. Something else I'm going to be willing to lay is this number as we've got 73-74 Omaha's road faceoff against UMKC. UMKC is a favorite of seven points. Totals between 133 and 134. I'm with UMKC. Made them an eight-point favorite. Now, David Allen Mbeka Jr. is currently out of the fold for this UMKC team, but they've had John Ngandu, the backup forward, step up in four games without Mbeka Jr. He's been able to chip in their 42 rebounds, so... There's been no fall-off whatsoever, and they go up against an Omaha team that's just absolutely dreadful on defense right now. It's an Omaha team that is playing a little bit more slowly this season, but in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, still a bottom 50 team with this regard. They've got a pair of guys in Mark Sutton along with Frankie Fiddler. They combine for about 24 points per contest, but leave a lot to be desired there. I do think that with Shamari Allen shooting in the high 30s from three-point range here and Rwandis Mitchell combining for about 34 points per game, UMKC takes control. So look at the lay of the number and looking at some football next with Brad Thomas of NBC Sports Ben and Scott Reichel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Keon Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football fans with conference championships this weekend, it is that time to check out Bet Rivers. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing in our exclusive Bet Rivers squares this football season. Place any qualifying wager of at least $10 and you'll get a square on the house. And if your numbers match up with the square with regards to the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility bonuses, credit use do apply, and full terms and conditions are available at BetRiversSquares.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by these two gentlemen. Scott Rachel does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Likewise for Brad Thomas over at NBC Sports Bet. And gentlemen, let's try to decipher what we're getting in the AFC title game. I will start with you, Brad, because... This has been a number that has been moving much like you'd expect a stock that is running on good slash bad news with the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. They open up as a favorite. They go to being an underdog. Now in a lot of places, you're finding them as a pick em. Some spots like DraftKings have the Bengals as a one-point favorite. Others, they've got the Kansas City Chiefs as a one-point favorite. But what do you make out of all of this line movement for one? And is there maybe a side that you like regardless of all the line movement? Well, before the the playoffs started, I was already on the Bengals to make it to the Super Bowl. And then the the injury to Patrick Mahomes makes that a little bit more interesting. I actually think that the books are trying to protect themselves from teaser legs. Like, if you give me the Chiefs as a nine points, you give me nine points for the Chiefs in a teaser leg, I think that becomes ultimately dangerous. So when the Bengals opened up as the dog, people were teasing the Bengals, obviously. And then it started to move towards started to move towards the Bengals as them being the favorite. Then people started teasing the Chiefs, which I think either way, if you were to pick either side of that tease, when if you got the line movement early or late, I think you're going to be golden. I would ultimately side with the Bengals here to win the game, not only because Patrick Mahomes was banged up, but this Bengals team fought adversity early in the season. And has been playing good football ever since. They're covering, they were coming at an alarming rate. Like they're 13, 2, and 1 against the spread against teams with winning records. And when they started with all those losses early in the season, we talked about this. They bounced back by stopping the run and playing very good football and, and getting the ball into Jamar Chase's hands. Now, the Chiefs, we know they have Patrick Mahomes, whether he's 100% or 50%, he's one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the NFL. So he will always be dangerous. My problem lies with their defense. Does their defense have the ability to to get pressure on Joe Burrow? Do they have the ability to shut down T Higgins and Jamar Chase? And I don't think they do. I think this is the year for the for the Bengals. And I think they actually they feel that in Cincinnati because they're finally starting to call for the respect that they kind of do deserve. Yep, I think that this is such an interesting matchup as well because with Joe Burrow he has never lost to the Kansas City Chiefs as well. And how much do you put into how much stock do you put into that, Scott? Because I do think that it's such an interesting matchup. Whereas even if Patrick Mahomes wasn't injured, I think that the Bengals would be very live in this game and a side I would be considering. Yeah, I think it's definitely a coin flip type game. I don't think it really matters in terms of, you know, thinking that Mahomes can't beat this team. Like, of course, it's a coin flip game. But the point is, Cincinnati's not afraid of Kansas City. And you talk about a lot of the 
teams to beat in a lot of different leagues or sports or anything like that. And usually there's an aura about them. We're seeing it right now with Djokovic in the Australian Open. Half the people show up, they know they can't win. They just know Djokovic is going to win. It's a matter of time. Why bother? Cincinnati's beaten Kansas City every time they've played since uh, Burrow became the quarterback against Mahomes. They're not afraid of Kansas City. They've gone into Arrowhead before, and they've won. And I think that's going to pay dividends here. Now, I think it's going to be, once again, a really close game. I'm concerned about Cincinnati missing a bunch of pieces on the offensive line, but it wasn't it wasn't really an issue last week. I think I am going to lean to Cincinnati, but the main reason is because of an issue I've had with Kansas City all season long. They can't score quickly. They don't generate big plays. Their entire offense is predicated on really long drives because they lost Tyree Kill. They tried to replace him with a bunch of smaller receivers, kind of like a Valdez Scantling and a Juju Smith-Schuster kind of piecemeal it together. Valdez Scantling hasn't really worked out that well. I know he had a touchdown last week, but he has not been great. And Juju's been fine. But my concern is if the Chiefs constantly need 10-plus plays to go 70 yards and the Bengals can score immediately if Chase gets loose or if Higgins gets loose, I think that's a massive edge. And I think Cincinnati can really take advantage of defensive lapses. If Cincinnati is able to limit Kelsey, do I trust the other weapons on Kansas City? I really don't. And I think that's the story of the game. Cincinnati's defense has been very underrated for about a season and a half now. And I think they're good enough to get the job done. I see a close game once again, somewhat similar to the regular season game. I see a 27-24 type game, 27-23 type game, but I'm going to lean to the Bengals because they have the healthier quarterback and I like their weapons more. And then when it comes to the NFC side of things, not as much line movement here, but a lot of intrigue as to what we're going to be getting out of another quarterback in Brock Purdy because he looked pretty... Well, pedestrian in the last game that we saw against the Cowboys probably got away with a few passes, and with the way that the Eagles look, they got seamed up. They opened up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Now they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Brad, where do you stand in terms of this game? Because we were hearing some rumors that if things broke just right with the NFC side of things last week, that you could perhaps see the 49ers be a road favorite. Clearly did not happen, and I think anything under a field goal presents a little bit of value on the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, this is another game where I wouldn't mind teasing up the 49ers here. But ultimately, I'm going to end up betting on the Eagles minus two and a half. They they possess the number one pass defense in DVOA terms against a rookie quarterback. It's not so much that I'm you know downplaying the success of Brock Purdy because he has been special. But when we saw him against the Dallas Cowboys, who is a defense that I think is less than stellar especially on the back end and in the secondary he struggled i think the eagles will be able to capitalize on that and more importantly for the 49ers both of their running backs are hobbled you are not going to beat this eagles team just relying on defense because they've proven time and time again this season that if they want to get into a 17 16 defensive battle and i know i'm using the colts as an example they can win or if they want to get in a shootout where they won what 43 40 to 33 against the the Packers, they can win an offensive shootout. So I I think this Eagles team is very complete. They play great defense. It was funny because at the beginning of the season, all of us analysts were talking about this Eagles team. They have this top 10 defense. Can Jalen Hurts put it all together with the pieces? The defense improved, which made life a little bit easier for that offense and Jalen Hurts. Yep, it certainly did make life a whole heck of a lot easier. And Jalen Hurts was the gentleman that going into last week had all the questions in my opinion he checked all the boxes Scott and where do you stand in terms of this game because I feel like the question marks in this game are on Brock Purdy and whether or not he's going to be able to perform in this big time spot yeah the thing is I'm not going to overreact and have a prisoner of the moment situation because they beat the Giants handily for the second time in the season third meeting was kind of a second meeting was close because they used the backups and that game got interesting but it was kind of a carbon copy of the first regular season meeting It means nothing to me. The Cowboys were a significantly better team than the Giants, and the Niners ended up winning that game in a closer fashion. So I think people were a bit overreactive to what happened last week. I'm staying away from the side. I'm not going to underestimate a team that's won 12 straight. I feel like the amount of disrespect the Niners have gotten over the past couple of days is really insane to me, and for that reason, I'm going to stay away from it. However, I love the under. The under is my favorite play probably the NFL weekend at 46 and a half. I think it's going to be a pretty similar game to the Cowboys game we saw last week. The Eagles are very good at pressure in the quarterback. We saw Lawrence and Parsons generate a bunch of pressure against Purdy pretty much the entire game. 
Uh, meanwhile, we know that the Niners' defense is incredible, and they're definitely capable of limiting the Eagles offensively because they're great against the run, and the Eagles ran for 260-plus rushing yards last week. I don't see that happening again. And you're looking at A.J. Brown. He's banged up with a hip issue. I see a very ugly game here. I think you're going to see a very competitive game, very close. Give me some type of 23-20 final, but I do think that there's value on the under. 46 and a half. You just mentioned how Purdy's numbers last week weren't great and how the Eagles' pass defense is very good. That results in an under to me because I think the Niners are going to have to drain clock. They're going to have to run the ball. And I think the Niners' defense can excel in areas to stop the Eagles from doing what they want to do. So my favorite play in this game is the under. I think you'll see an ugly game. Yep, I think so as well. And Brad, I know that you've got a player prop for this weekend that you're taking a look at. We've got about a minute for this one, and it goes back to the AFC title game. Take me through the player prop that you're looking at. Yeah, I'm on Isaiah Pacheco over 48 and a half rushing yards. He's hit this number in last nine out of 10. I know the Bengals, they they hang their hat on stopping the run, but the Bengals have only really stopped the run on one-dimensional teams who have an explosive running attack. So if you look at the Ravens, I'm looking at you, Patriots, and I'm looking at you, Tampa Bay, teams that, that you know, I'm not all that afraid of. He also cleared this number in their last meeting when the Bengals beat the Chiefs. He's too explosive. They're going to lean on him too much with Patrick Mahomes probably being injured. So I think he clears this number with ease. Absolutely. And we always lean on you, Brad, whenever you join me. Always appreciate you as you do great work over at NBC Sports Bet and Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I know that he's going to be joining me on the flip side as we've got some NBA to, to discuss. We're also going to be taking a look at the Australian Open. Things are getting hot and heavy down under, so we're going to be diving into that next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Football fans, we've got you guys covered with everything that you need to know on all of these games because with VSIN, we've got you covered with all the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving on every single game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so that way you're able to see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion, you're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well as betting splits are another way that VSIN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at vsin.com as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. And no doubt about it, we are seeing those odds move quite a bit. And a man that does a great job taking a look at a little bit of everything, whether it be the NFL, basketball, tennis, List goes on and on. It is Scott Rachel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Scott, I know that things are really getting hot heavy down under with regards to the Australian Open. And I know that you're taking a look at the Novak Djokovic match, not necessarily in terms of the money line, because, well, Novak Djokovic, a very, very sizable favorite, but you've got a little bit of a bet in terms of this match. Take me through what you're going to be taking a look at in terms of an ancillary way outside the money line to be able to gauge this match. I mean, if you have a lot of money to bet on a minus 2,000 favorite, knock yourself out, <laughs> you can take Djokovic. But I'm going to go with the under 30 and a half here for games. Uh, you're looking at Djokovic, and after the hamstring scare earlier in the tournament, he's been dominant. And nobody's been close to him. He just faced off against a top 10 player in the world in Rublev, and he won in straight sets. Match before that, he won again in straight sets comfortably against Diminor. He's He looks back basically into peak form, and I think Paul who's been a great story, you know, the American making the deepest run in his career. He doesn't exactly possess any unique attributes that can give Djokovic problems. He likes to rally. He has a decent serve. But if you want to rally with Djokovic, good luck to you, because Djokovic is arguably the best of all time at that actual skill set. But 14 of Djokovic's 16 sets in this tournament have had 10 games or less. So Djokovic, when he wins sets, he wins them quickly. And I think he should win a couple quickly here. And I mentioned that Djokovic is fully healthy. It's a big moment for Paul. Once again, it's the first semifinal appearance he's ever had. We saw him kind of waver a little bit at the end of the third set against Shelton when he was going for the straight set victory because the nerves seemed to get to him. Now, great job responding as he won the fourth set. Djokovic has been here, done that in every Grand Slam. 
He owns the Australian Open. And you're looking at how he's done historically in the semis and the Australian in and the finals in the Australian Open. I believe he's undefeated. I don't think he's ever lost in the semis or the finals. So give me Djokovic and Paul under 30 and a half. I think Djokovic wins each set, basically six, four or less games in it. He might win a couple of sets, six, two props to Paul for getting here, but facing off against Djokovic, totally different animal. Give me, in my opinion, the best player of all time. Yeah. With Novak Djokovic, I do wonder if the time that he spent away because I mean, there was a whole non-vaccination thing that mm-hmm. kept him out of quite a few tournaments. If that could actually prolong his career in a little bit of a weird way because it took a couple miles off, gave him a little bit of a reset as well. So that's something to take a look at moving forward as well. And then on the women's side of the draw, I'm not sure if you have anything in terms of these semifinal matches, but I know you took out a little bit of a future on the player that is at the top of the board. So take me through what you've all got in terms of the women's side of things for the Australian Open. So, so far, the best player in this tournament so far has been Sabalenka. Shout out to Azarenka, though, making a great run there, uh, trying to win another Australian Open title for her. Yeah, bringing back time there, but unfortunately, I'm not going to pick her to win. I'm going Sabalenka, who has been the best player pretty much in the entire WTA this season. She's played nine matches this year, both Australian Open and beforehand. She has not dropped a set. So she's 18-0 in sets, and I think that's definitely a good place to start when talking about the a good reason to take a favorite here. But she's playing Lynette into the semis. She's a minus 500 favorite. She's 2-0 in the head-to-head. She's won both matchups in straight sets. But you're looking at how she's played and who she's played against. Dominated against Vekic. She looked really good against Bensic, and Bensic looked really good in the tournament uh, leading up to that head-to-head match. But Sabalenka's beaten some really good competition. She looks very sharp. Once again, 9-0 this year without dropping a set. She looks like easily the person to beat, and I don't think the people left are going to beat her. Give me Sabalenka. I don't want to say she has a bye to get into the final because, of course, you don't want to underestimate anyone. But when you're a minus 500 favorite and you're 2-0 head-to-head and you're going to let the other two opponents kill each other on the other side of the bracket, I think it's going to cause some serious advantage there with some fatigue potentially if Azarenka has to go three sets in her match while Sabalenka can win 6-3-6-3. That could give her some extra stamina for the final. I think there's value on it. Give me Sabalenka to win the tournament at plus 125. Yep, I do like that, and I know that this has been falling a little bit. I see in DraftKings, right now they have dropped this to more around even money, plus 100, and I don't blame them there because I completely agree with you. I think that she is the best player remaining in the field, and I think that isn't particularly close. So I do think that being able to get some plus money value there, it is a good way to be able to go, and I know you're looking at a little bit of value in terms of the Thursday NBA card as well. We've got a few games that are a little bit questionable, like most places do not have up a line for the Chicago Bulls and the Charlotte Hornets game. And so much of this is because of injury information. You just never know what you're going to be able to get out of this. It's become very, very difficult to cage the NBA overnight. But pretty much all books have aligned in terms of both Mavericks and Suns and also the Knicks and the Boston Celtics. And I know that you're looking at this Knicks-Celtics game with Boston they open up as a seven-point favorite. Now we're finding them as an eight-point favorite. Take me through what you like with the underdog of the New York Knicks, which the team has come in a little bit against them, but they've been playing some relatively solid basketball recently. Yeah, once again, be careful betting overnight lines in the NBA because you never know when they're going to pull all the starters, and we saw that with the Celtics last game because uh, the Celtics ended up not using Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Al Horford, and... Jalen Brown in the last game. Smart's going to be out for a couple games. Brogdon, you never know about because he has a big injury history. You're assuming Horford and Ashore Brown will be back, which is why the line has moved. But you don't know for sure. And the one thing I'll give Thibodeau props, especially in today's day and age, he doesn't give many guys the day off. So they usually (laughs) use most of the starters in almost every game. But the Knicks have been very good against the number on the road this season. The Knicks are 16-8 and ATS on the road. The Knicks are 26-9 and ATS in their last 35 road games. And the Celtics have been quite streaky, but they've been very bad against the number lately as the Celtics are 0-4 ATS in their last four road games. I think eight points is too many because you don't exactly know who's going to be in the lineup for the Celtics. And I think there's some value on the Knicks because of it. Now, as for the actual total in this game, you want to lean under. To be honest, though, every single primetime TV game has around, what, 80 free throws? It's really just painful to watch some of these games on TV with the amount of free throws. I believe each game on 
Wednesday night had north of 63 free throws. So I'm staying away from the total. A lot of free throws in these nationally televised games, but I'll take the points. Boston's not exactly in great form. The Knicks have been kind of streaky all season long, but they've been good against the number on the road. I think eight's a little bit too large. I'm going to take the Knicks. Scott, being a little bit more of a college basketball guy myself, both college and the pro game, right now experiencing too many free throws. I understand that you have to call fouls when you see them, but at the same time, we should not be having college basketball games like that Arkansas versus Missouri game where there was literally, I think, like 60 fouls in that game. It was just absolutely To be fair, brutal. I had Missouri in that game, so that one didn't bother me. I did have Missouri as well, but at the same time, I'm just here like, boy, this is painful to watch. This is a game that started two and a half hours ago, and we're still here with regards to this college basketball game. And then do you have anything in terms of the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns game? Because with the Suns, they're a very slight favorite, and with the Suns, very good on the road, very awful on the road, and they will be at home here against the Mavericks. Yeah, Phoenix has been great at home. They're 18-7 and seven straight up. Dallas, awful on the road, and they've not been good lately as they've lost to Washington their last game. Still a bit shorthanded in the front court. Having said all that, Dallas kind of owns this team, and it's been an issue in the head-to-head where Phoenix, for whatever reason, just cannot match up against Dallas. It's really tempting to take Phoenix because they're great at home and Dallas is awful on the road. But Dallas seems to always get up for Phoenix ever since the playoff series last year. I'm going to go with Dallas here. I'm not going to play it, though. I really have no interest because both teams are banged up with Booker being out and with Dallas missing basically their entire front court. I'll lean to Dallas. Give me a massive stat line by Luka. But I do think that Phoenix, they play better lately. They beat Charlotte. Congratulations. Charlotte's one of the worst teams in the league at this point. I'll lean Dallas, though, because in the head-to-head, they've done very well against Phoenix lately. So I'm going to lean that way. But I really don't see much value. I'd lean over if I had to make one play. Dallas's defense has been awful for the last two weeks. And Phoenix's defense has been okay, but they haven't really played any good offenses. I see a lot of points in this game. Give me the over. And, I mean, one of the best bets in the NBA right now is just taking the over because all these games, as you mentioned, we're seeing a whole bunch of free throws. We're seeing a whole bunch of big stat lines. And every single time you join this show, Scott, you put up a really good stat line. You do amazing work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yep, thanks for having me. Always great to have Scott Rice Shell of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network aboard. Talked a little NFL, talked a little tennis, talked a little NBA. Now we've got to close up shop by talking about this big college basketball board that we've got 70 games in total. I give you guys my DK Nation pick for the college basketball card next year on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, then the VSN experts have got you covered because you're able to become a VSN Pro subscriber for an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSN Pro subscribers get access to a daily recap of the top plays made by VSN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the Bets and the money are moving on every single game. Deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for all the biggest games of the season where our experts break down the best bets, big game props, especially when it comes to college basketball, the brackets as well. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for an introductory offer of just $9.99 to become a part of the Sports Betting Network. That is at VSIN.com slash subscribe. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. A little bit of a programming note. If you're listening live on VEASAN.com, if you're watching on YouTube TV, what have you, you're going to be getting a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience coming up next. If you're watching slash listening to a replay, well, you're going to be getting Follow the Money at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, they're going to get you set up for a big weekend in the NFL, taking a look at a rather ambunctious Thursday in basketball, tennis, a little bit of everything. They always do an amazing job. So they've got you guys covered there. And I've got to get you guys covered with some big-time college basketball that we're going to be seeing on Thursday. We've got 70 games in total. And our DK Nation write-up is involving number one, 8-11, on the betting board. It is Purdue. They hit the road to face off against Michigan. Michigan is an underdog of five points at home, and your total, it is anywhere between 135.5 and 136.5. My write-up is going to be on the under. Liked it a little bit more when we had the opener of 139.5, but that said, still do see some value here at 136 on the under because got a Purdue team that is playing pretty stinking slow right now out of 363 D1 teams. They rank 340th in terms of total possessions per game, and Purdue has been able to do a great job of being a lockdown on defense. They rank in the top 25 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and they travel really well in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis in a road-slash-intracourt environment. They rank in the top 15 nationally with that regard, and Michigan has been able to play their best defense at home. They're giving up 14.5 points fewer per one earned possessions at home rather than on the road, and a team that ranks 123rd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, leaving a little bit of something to be desired there. They've been able to do a much better job recently as they have given up 70 points or fewer in six out of their last eight games, going up against a Purdue, going up against a Purdue team that has yet to give up north of 70 points all season long. And Purdue, out of their 20 games thus far, they've been thrown up on the betting board. 14 of them have hit to the under, so... They've done a great job with that regard. I do have my trepidations, though, in terms of side. My write-up is on the under, so that is what the write-up is based around. But in terms of Michigan getting five points, I do think that you got some good value there as well because with Purdue, we've noticed them play a lot of close one-possession games. That loss that they took to Rutgers, they were unable to get the job done there. They played that game of which they needed a late three to be able to pull it off against Ohio State. They narrowly escape with a win, but no cover against Michigan State. And we've just been seeing that a lot from Purdue because they leave something to be desired in terms of their perimeter shooting. They're playing games in which you're not going to be seeing a lot of threes really on either side because Purdue, they're a top 25 team in the country in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage. They themselves right around 230th in terms of three-point shooting percentage. You do have Braden Smith, a Fletcher lawyer, doing a good job for this team, combining for about 23 points per contest and... Both of these guys shoot a well from three with having Smith shoot a little bit over 40% from three. But past that, perimeter shooting has been a little bit of a worry spot for this Purdue team. And then you've got on the flip side, a bunch of Michigan that they're doing a really good job of defending the three at home. Opponents are shooting right around 26.5% from three-point range in their home games. That's 30th in all of college basketball. Hunter Dickinson is going to be matched up with Zach Eady and Eady. 
Right now, the consensus pick for the Wooden Award, he's the top of all the odds boards, and the big reason why is that he has been incredible with 21.5 points, 13 rebounds, 2.3 blocks per contest. The Bucs are in the top 20 in all of college basketball, points and rebounds in the top 10. He has been incredibly effective and is really the backbone of this good Purdue defense. Meanwhile, Hunter Dickinson, I think that he loses the battle to Zach Eady, but he provides a little bit of a different skill set in that he's able to pop three, shooting them in the high 30s there. He's been able to give you 18 and a half points, right around seven to eight rebounds per game. So he's been rock solid. You then have Kobe Bufkin along with Jet Howard, who are combining for about 27 points per game. You've got Howard shooting about 40% from three, but outside of your big three with Michigan, not getting a lot out of anyone else. I will say this about Michigan. They do a good job of not turning the ball over. They're in the top 15 in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis, and neither of these teams are going to go out there and generate a bunch of swipes. You just don't find a lot of teams in the Big Ten, aside from teams like a Rutgers that are really going to be generating a lot of turnovers. So that is something important to note in this game. You should be able to see some clean possessions, but both of these teams just do an incredible job with their on-ball defending. I think that you've got some value here with Michigan being able to get five. It set my number more around three to three and a half. So I'm willing to take the points with Michigan. DK Nation right up. Gone down a little bit from the opener, but I still think that you've got good value here with this total under as well. And let's take a look at a game in which it's a little bit more harebrained in terms of the total, and we aren't seeing such great defense from Portland. 815-816 on the betting board. The Pilots hit the road to face off against Loyola Marymount. Loyola Marymount opened up more on a 7 to a 7.5 point favorite. Now we're seeing this range between 6 to 6.5, and your total on this game, it is any between 151.5 and 152.5 in with Portland. I set them as an 8-point underdog. I'm going to be willing to lay it with Loyola Marymount. Now with Portland, pretty deplorable defense from them. They are currently 300th in the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. I did set my total at 148. Was very impressed by what we saw out of Loyola Marymount in their last matchup against Gonzaga. They go on the road. They went outright against Gonzaga at the Kennel, which... Darn near impossible for any West Coast Conference team to be able to win at the Kennel, especially if your name is not St. Mary's and or also BYU. So they were able to pull off a rarity there, really give them credit for that win. And they've got a pair of guys I like in Cam Shelton along Kelly Leopape. With Shelton, he's just Mr. Do It All for this team. Gives you 17 and a half points, six boards, does a good job doling out four plus assists per game. And Leopape, he's a six foot six. Nice combo player that shoots 46.5% from three. Shelton Moore in that pocket, about 35% three-point shooting. Leo Pepe, right around 14 points, seven boards. Done a solid job for this team with Jalen Anderson being a nice number three. Being able to chip in there, 10 points. Shoots more in the neighborhood, about 33% from three. But for Portland, you've got to wonder if they're going to be able to get much generated on offense because they've been dealing with some injuries of their own. As Mike Meadows has just returned to the full, but... He has had two different stints of injury. You just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him night in and night out. They were expecting to have Chris Austin back this season. And he has not played a single game all season long, this being injury-based. So that has hurt them quite a bit. You do have Kristen Sjogland. He's a 6'8 combo player. Comes in from Georgia Tech. Been able to shoot it relatively well from three-point range. He shoots right around 40% from three-point range. Moses Wood is a nice 6'8 combo player. Gives you 15 points, six rebounds per game. And... For the Loyal Marymount, it's been a little bit hit or miss in terms of their defense, but they've really been able to ascend with their defense. Overall for the season, they are right around 163rd in the country. There's points a lot on a per-possession basis, but giving up 6.2 points fewer per 100 possessions when they are at home rather than on the road. For Portland, they've been able to exceed the 80-point plateau in each of their previous two games, but they also had two weeks ago a big giant stinker where they scored 43 points against St. Mary's now. St. Mary's is just a different breed out there in the West Coast Conference. Honestly, I think that they're better than Gonzaga at this point, and I do think that when Gonzaga goes to Moraga, that is going to be a rude awakening for them, but that said, with this Portland team, I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a rude awakening for them, traveling to Loyola Marymount and the state of California with Loyola Marymount. I feel like this team is starting to build up a little bit of steam. Maybe they will get a little bit more of a defensive backbone to them as well. So this is a circumstance where I'm going to be taking a look at this total under and I'm going to lay up to seven and a half points 
with Loyal Marymount made them personally an eight-point favorite. And that does lead into our Visa Pro Tip for this hour. Visa.com slash subscribe. We're able to sort these all by show and by sport. And Loyal Marymount is one of those teams that got off to a little bit of a slow start. I think that it's up for a little bit of debate. I would say that they got off to a slow start and they've been able to ascend. And that is something that you do want to be taking a look at in college basketball. You're able to find really good value with some of these teams that they were trying to sort out the kinks in non-conference play. And now they're starting to ascend, much like Loyal Marymount did, with being able to get the job done against Gonzaga. You've got quite a few other examples out there in college basketball, like Xavier is really starting to ascend after they had that loss to Indiana. They've turned things around ever since then. They got the job done against UConn on Wednesday as well. So be mindful of that and be mindful that follow the money right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. That comes your way 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 